people. Uh, I, I have to. I have to. Before, first of all, in case you didn't know, this is Cookie Pocket. This podcast is about film. My dog is barking, and uh, today I'm going to tell everyone that uh, on Anchor we're at 530 total listens. So, 500 Ooh. listen party. Woo! Yeah. Okay, it's over now. No more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this episode we're talking about Kindergarten Cop. And uh, you thought to get away from the accents act, but you couldn't. <laughs> uh, in 1990, American action comedy directed by Ivan Reitman, who directed Boost Busters and Boost Busters 2, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as John Kimball, an undercover LAPD detective that is forced to successfully work as a substitute kindergarten teacher in Astoria, Oregon, in order to find and gain immunity to a woman named Rachel. Grant immunity to a woman named Rachel, uh, a mother of one of the class's students, in exchange for a testimony against her ex-husband, drug dealer and supposed murderer, who does murder on the screen, um, <laughs> and uh, Colin Crisp, so that the film's tagline can actually happen. Um, <laughs> and Kimball chains the freaking woman to the body and, you know, commits a, a, a heinous crime. But anyway, the film also <laughs> stars Pamela Reed uh, as Phoebe O'Hara, Kimball's teacher-turned-detective partner that falls ill for the first half of the film, and uh, Penelope Ann Miller as Joyce slash Rachel, Richard Tyson as Crisp, uh, Linda Hunt as Principal Schlowski, and Christian and Joseph Cousins as the Crisp's son named Dominic. Apparently, they're twins played that role i had no idea um and many surprisingly realistic children so uh what did you both think of the film okay um so (laughs) go ahead zach um i I mentioned this when we were watching it because we watched this as a group which we we don't often do for cookie pocket films but we did for this one and uh something else um but I, i mentioned this when we were watching it that I'd seen large chunks of this on television before, but I'd never watched it all in one. Uh, but like I mentioned in my Twitter review, I think this movie has a great logline. Arnold Schwarzenegger has to go undercover as a kindergarten teacher is a great concept, especially in the 90s when Arnold was mostly known as an action star and was first breaking into comedy. And this seems like the kind of thing you could do a lot of really interesting comedy with. You could work a lot of jokes in at the expense of Arnold's kind of personality. And, um, unfortunately, I don't really think it does very much with that concept. When Arnold is in the class with the kids, it's good. It's, it's funny, he interacts with the kids well, that stuff is good. But I was surprised at how little of that there actually is. I think this movie was advertised as, and should be, Arnold learning how to cooperate with these kids and become a teacher while also doing the case on the side. And that's not really what it is, because that plot, he basically figures out how to deal with the kids by the halfway point. And then the rest of it is kind of a typical procedural undercover cop flirts with single mom, like, thing you would see on, like, a a Saturday evening cop show. I I was just a little disappointed, because the the concept is good, I think, and I really wanted to see some Arnold... I have to find a way of phrasing this other than Arnold on children. Um, but I, w- I really wanted to see some some more comedy with Arnold and the kids because I thought what we had in the classroom was funny. But I don't think there's enough of it. I, I don't really think this movie works to its central concept all that well. And therefore, for me, it gets a 2 out of 5. Hmm. Ouch. <laughs> um, I don't totally agree. I, I, tend to en- I tended to enjoy this more than not. And I, I have to agree with with both of you to some extent, because I think it's fairly obvious that the plot 
and most of the details surrounding this movie exist to get Arnold Schwarzenegger in a kindergarten classroom. That is just true. And there's no really getting around that, I don't think, at all with this concept. I think once you have the idea of of Arnold in a kindergarten classroom, everything you do around it is tied to making that idea happen. And that's something that I think as a viewer and a critic, you kind of just have to get around it because that's less to me... uh, a thoughtless shortcoming than it is just a fact of the matter and a a procedural truth in making the movie. And for that reason, I gave it a three rather than uh, anything lower. I mostly enjoyed it. I think the scenes um, with Arnold in the classroom are hilarious. And of the three of us, I'm probably the least a fan of Arnold, though I have enjoyed um, the first two Terminator films and and uh, somehow I've enjoyed his turn as Mr. Freeze <laughs> and uh, <laughs> basically anything I've seen him in, I've enjoyed to some extent, but uh, I hadn't had as much experience with him as a comedic actor, but he was fun. And the this whole sort of fish out of water shtick means that he doesn't need to carry too much weight yeah. in terms of being like an especially convincing actor all of the time. Uh, he just needs to be himself and it works fine and it's fun. And, so I, I understand where Zach's coming from and I do think there's some like plot shortcomings and maybe I could have used more time in the classroom with him. But uh, I think at the same time, if you, if you milk the classroom stuff more uh, every time a kid says something really outrageous, it's a little less funny. And every time Arnold gets mad at them, it's a little less funny. So at the same time, I think those are limited uh, resources where, you get diminishing returns every time you come back to it. So while part of me thinks I would like to see more, the other part of me is really glad that they did what they did with it. And um, the rest of the plot existing to get Arnold in the classroom is, is totally fine by me because I enjoyed Arnold in the classroom. So uh, three out of five, I liked it. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I agreed more with Christian than Zach. Um, this is I, typical, yes. I should start off by saying that I heavily admire Arnold and have seen basically everything he's ever been in that's relevant or important to me. <laughs> and um, and uh, I, you know, I like him as a person and I like him as the parts that he chooses to play. Most of the time, I feel like he really knows how to be whatever he is and also be himself at the same time. Um, and also make the role kind of something that he's comfortable with because he never is just like, oh, yeah, I'll just take the script. And like, he always, like, does something to it. He always adds some type of flair to it. And, um, like, for this, there was tons of influence by him on Reitman to do certain things, like, especially athletic stuff mm-hmm. and, like, the marching. And, like, all that stuff was pretty much Arnold's idea um, for the most mm-hmm. part. And uh, I don't know. I, I guess the... The whole, the whole, I, well, when this came out, obviously, this is right. Everybody knows who Arnold is. Oh, Everybody's yeah. seen him in all these serious roles. And this is like the best, like, counter to that. Like, this is the most ironic thing for him to ever play to soften this action hero that's absolutely buff to, you know, completely, not, not I'm not going to say juice to the gills, but <laughs> <laughs> breaking out of his muscles are breaking out of his skin. Yeah. And um, they harp on that quite a bit, um, especially in kind of towards the middle of the film. Um, I have to agree that the plot is not very convincing at some points and it's not very solid. And 
I do agree that it does its primary existence is for Arnold to be in the classroom. Um, but I also think that if that were the case, then they would have gotten gotten less on the plot and more on all the stupid classroom stuff, which kind of plays into Christian's point. Um, I feel like I'm going to compare this to, to School of Rock because School of Rock kind of has a natural mm-hmm. character progression for each of the students, and they're all older, so they all have their own lines and things like that. Um, and then you also obviously have Jack Black. Um, and all of them have like their own progression and their own arcs, um, considering their characters and also the music that they learn um, and, you know, how to transform out of this environment. This is already at its face. We already know who Arnold is. We already know what to expect from him. And then by the time he gives his first three jokes or talks in a funny way the first few times, we already know what to expect. So I think the maybe I would imagine that they might have filmed other scenes. And started to realize that there's only so much you can get out of kindergarten children. Um, I'm going to mention this in a bit, but the children are literally not even – like, most of them aren't even actors. They're kind of just children that they hire oh, yeah. for, like, $35 a day. They're, they're props, um, yeah. Yeah. And mm, I can kind children. of – They're human beings, yeah. They're, they're, they're <laughs> function in the st- – a lot of the kids here are just there to take up space on the set. They're – Right. They function right, right. as props, essentially. Okay. Right. But when you have these 30 kids that – have only, you can only get so much out of them and there's only so much you can get out of Arnold as well so the the concept is already kind of exhausted by the point where it suddenly changes when he starts to figure out what he needs to do to start using his police experience to to um, you know train these kids and and things like that just to make them look good and everything um, and in terms I feel like the the side pieces that are building up kind of brewing in the background, um, are fine, and I feel like they last just long enough, with the exception of the the family bonding Dominic thing, because Dominic is a great great example to my point that Dominic is not like the best actor, child <laughs> actor you've ever seen. Neither of them. And um, yeah, and then once he's on the tower, like even all of us were like, yeah, this is like weird. Yeah. Um, and there really almost wasn't a point for that scene. Um, no. And the scene will drag on for too long, so that falls into my point. But I feel like all of everything that Arnold says is intriguing, and you hang on to every single word when he's in the classroom. Um, and his even his interactions with all the side characters, his um, his partner is very interesting when she gets out of the stomach flu thing. Um, and just in general, I think all of the supporting characters are really interesting. The per, even the principal has her own personality. So I don't know. I feel like the film is fleshed out in a lot of different ways it didn't need to at all. And I don't feel besides. Some parts of the crime plot, I feel like for the most part, it works fine for the purpose of the film. And that's why I gave it a three and a half out of five. I feel like it's just slightly better than average for me. And it's, you know, I, I think it works exactly how it's supposed to. And I think the crime, crime, crime drama stuff only really becomes a major issue kind of towards the end. So, mm-hmm. yeah, three and a half out of five. But this will uh, lead me into my first question, considering... Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito, Bill Murray, and Patrick Swayze, as well as Chuck Norris, Kurt Russell, and Robin Williams, of whom were all considered for Kimball's role, believe it or not. So it wasn't, it, believe it or not, it wasn't immediately chosen that Arnold was going to be in this. I, I, I tried to look up um, uh, Reitman's, uh, like, how he got this idea, but I don't know where this came from, but uh, I, guess, I guess he just wanted to do it, and yeah. he postponed it after uh, Ghostbusters 2 came out. Um, but, uh, of all his movies, Arnold said that this is his favorite role ever. And it was a departure from his typical action heroes. Really? And he also loved working with the children. Okay. Um, also he had requested before accepting the role that he wanted Reitman to direct the film. 
He wanted a fit, physical fitness theme, and he and Reitman both wanted broken homes, child abuse, and family life somehow written into the script. So, do you think that Arnold was the best possible choice for Kimball, and do you think that Arnold adding his personal touch to the production often helps or hurts the quality of the film? Uh, I'm very surprised to hear he wasn't... Because this feels like a movie that was built around Arnold. Like, this yeah. feels like Arnold Schwarzenegger as a teacher. Ha ha ha! Like, that, that, that yeah. feels like the reason that this was made. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, thinking about it, I feel like... For me, I think part of the issue here comes with I don't necessarily think the Arnold is a super cool cop and the Arnold is a teacher stuff meshes all that well. Um, I, I kind of feel like this is one movie which is Arnold's is a super cool cop and that's like a decent movie and Arnold is a teacher and that's a decent movie and they're kind of fighting for time. I feel like with another act, like if Robin Williams was 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 playing the lead role. I don't really know if there'd be any reason to make it a cop um, because he doesn't have that like action hero background that would make you go, oh, well, he's got to be here for like a cop reason. Like for that, I would just go, oh, Robin Williams is just a teacher. Um, I, I, I think for the quality of the movie, I don't really know if Arnold was the best choice <laughs> because Arnold is not really a great actor and if those were things that he demanded be inserted, I think that they did kind of hurt the script a little bit because things like the child abuse and, and the broken home and stuff like that do feel a little bit like they were just kind of stuck on to an existing script um, and don't feel incorporated all that well. Um, so I, I think maybe his inclusion kind of sabotaged the production, but I mean, if, if you want kindergarten cop the meme i think you kind of need arnold because that, that it, he's what made this uh, a memeable movie that the internet remembers i don't think if this was a movie that starred like robin williams as a wacky teacher who had to get along with kindergartners it might be fine but i don't think it would be remembered anywhere near as much as kindergarten cop is where to begin where to begin um Zach, you said you said that the the it's kind of like two decent movies meshed into one. I, and I see where you're where you're coming from there. Um, for me, I think I, I think the same thing. Except uh, I think the teacher movie is to me a, a much better movie than the cop movie. It is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I just I just wanted to to make that distinction and and also to go back to what Mitchell said about the uh, comparing it to School of Rock. I actually think that the, the sort of like abuse plot line, which I think, to be clear, I think was pretty well intentioned oh, yeah. um, by, by Arnold and, and everyone and generally handled well. Um, I, I think that's kind of important because, uh, like Mitchell said, the kids in School of Rock who are older kind of have their own little arcs and, and you grow attached to each of them because they're they're more growing into themselves as people. They're more distinguishable as opposed to all being very very young and repeating the things that they hear their parents say and not really having their own traits yet so i i think that giving the kids their own sense of like home conflict um helps the audience member grow more attached to them specifically which i think is important especially if you want to spend more time in the classroom uh and without um, making each of those moments feel a little less uh meaningful 
I can't imagine this not starring Arnold, like Zach said. Um, just uh, by virtue of it being a comedy, not even as a meme. Like, I, I, I can't really... And I don't think Robin Williams could do this. And I, I will say, though, I do think Arnold is a decent actor in this. Um, maybe that's crazy to say out loud. but And maybe that's helped by everyone around him. Um, mm-hmm. One of the biggest positives for me is that... Uh, Everyone around him, I think, is actually quite a good actor, which in, in comedies from like the 80s and 90s is far from a given and is often just sort of overlooked. But like, I think his partner is great. I think the principal and, and the other teacher is great. I think the the criminal he's trying to catch is kind of like, okay. Yeah. And I, I don't think anyone's like glaringly bad. So no. um, long-winded answer. Sorry. But uh, I think Arnold is good. And... The kids needed a little something else, so I think their their home problems kind of, to some extent, gets you there. Yeah, I, I, I don't dislike the incorporation of the home problems. I just, I wish they were incorporated a little bit better, because they do feel like they're their own little, like, 30-page, 30 like, there you go, like, a tiny little arcs, and I wish they had been incorporated more across the entire film, rather than their own little pockets of script. I'm going to simp for Reitman a little bit here, and I'm going to say that uh, I, I'm going to... i got to word this correctly. I think that a lot of cans of worms and maybe beans and other <laughs> things were opened when they decided to mesh these two genres. I have a question concerning meshing the two genres. Okay. But there are a lot of things that they had to accomplish adding a crime genre because crime really is one of those genres that has to incorporate action, intrigue, drama, thrills, possibly romance, most of the time romance. So Mm -hmm. then you have all of these other things you have to deal with because otherwise you're just going to have an empty Arnold in an empty classroom with eventually empty children. Um, And then it's just going to be a concept that wore itself out too quickly. So to deal with that, they have to, not not only that, but they have to make the film stand on its own. So they have to have Arnold be presented as this fleshed out detective that's really good at his job um, and has his own style and way of, style, have his own way of doing (laughs) things. Um, And just being like, you know, hyper aggressive and like totally in control of every situation he's in. Um, and not being, you know, he's not by the books and, and things like that. And then all of a sudden he's thrown into this teacher role. I think that progression right there is great. I think besides the seven or eight minutes of him driving with his yeah. partner, his partner slowly getting sick and more sick because we're supposed <laughs> to think like, oh no, what's going to happen with the partner, right? Instead of just <laughs> cutting to the point where she's sick, would would have made more sense. Um, but... I feel like that really sets up his character to be broken down by these children because he was just in, he just encountered this crime boss guy and he handcuffed this lady to the dead body and he gets pushed around by the other people at the police department and he's all mad about it and um, you know he gets introduced to his partner and things like that and his partner's like you know a, a loose cannon so he has all these different things going on all of a sudden it's thrown out the window and I feel like that effect is really really I mean it's timeless I think it works amazing. The problem is all of the stuff you have to deal with afterwards. You have to close off all of the different things you just open. There's worms and beans all over the place. And you have to (laughs) concisely put everything together. And the ending is if mediocre to to even bad in some aspects when it comes to wrapping up the crime stuff with the the kid stuff. 
Yeah. So I feel like that was the biggest issue with having this um, idea. But going back to the kids, uh, the filmmakers auditioned more than 2,000 children for the 30 kids in the class, and most were not actors that grew up in Southern California. <laughs> so how do you think the children did in regard to the overall plot, particularly Dominic and the scenes concerning him? And how realistic did they come across to you in terms of being students under Arnold's character, Kimball? Child actors are, are a very tricky thing. Um, <laughs> because especially from the time period that this is, uh, that this film was made in, a lot of the time a child actor wasn't really an actor. They were just sort of a relatively cute kid that you could get to say lines between eating SpaghettiOs off camera. And, um, <laughs> and so a lot of the time kid actors, especially when they're meant to give an actual performance, aren't exactly great as exemplified by the two cousins twins playing Dominic, uh, who are, I think, kind of the weaker links amongst the children. I think yeah. the kids in this are better when they're kind of one-off gags, or it's like, oh, I recognize that kid, he's back again, to, to say something funny again. I, I think the kids are best <laughs> when used in small doses. The, um, the, the kid who played Gage in Pet Cemetery, and in this is like a a gynecologist's son or something like that he's he's really cute and funny but part of that is that he's not he doesn't he's not asked to give an actual performance because he's three or however old so he's not <laughs> capable of that you bring him on for a he's little joke every now and then and then you pull yeah. him off um and mm. i think that's how the kids are best used in this same with um the little girl who wants to be a princess uh yep she, I think she gives the best performance as a child. She does these like weird things yes. with her hands and constantly is like <laughs> touching her face. And that's probably just because that's what she's doing as a kid at that age. Like right. I think they're, the kids in this are best when they're not required to give a performance and they can just kind of be themselves on set and then go off and play when the camera's not pointed at them. And so therefore mm -hmm. I do think actors like the kids who play Dominic kind of suffer. Man, I hate to say this, but I think I agree with Zach. Um, especially with regards to the, to the one kid, I was going to mention her and I think it's a perfect example of how, uh, the way you want to turn out a good performance from a, a kid often runs entirely counter to how you might direct an adult performer mm -hmm. to give a mm -hmm. good performance because what makes, um, the specifically that kid who wants to be a princess, what makes her so convincing is that midline she'll like twist about yeah. or like twirl her hair or do something that <laughs> that runs completely counter to like finishing the line or or giving a performance and so for that reason i i, I agree with zach it's very hit or miss but um mm -hmm. i don't think any of them are especially bad though i think at least relative to the other child actors i've seen um sorry jake lloyd wherever you may be but um <laughs> I think they're all fairly convincing, and I think it's true that the the Dominic kid probably has the most problems, but is also probably asked the most of. Oh, yeah. And if any other of the child actors were put in that position, I'm sure they would have done probably worse. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that's just the nature of the thing, and you have to have uh, some some tempered expectations. So all in all, I found them quite effective. Uh, especially since they're mostly used as a group and that group dynamic makes all of them feel a little bit more natural, even if less of them really are. Yeah. I pretty much agree with both of you. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think Dominic probably, he, 
they also didn't give him too many lines either, and he didn't really have <laughs> like substantial screen time or anything, with the exception of him being in peril or yeah, yeah in peril every time he's in peril. Um, <laughs> but uh, yep, I really really like the kids, and I think it's really funny how how much they play off of Arnold and how much they kind of just you know are just themselves and just literally through. I'm I'm really interested to see what kind of criteria um, Reitman was looking at or the casting. What is it called? The casting people, Zach. A casting Help director. Me. Casting director. <laughs> um, <laughs> the casting director has to like, you know, go through all of these kids, including Elijah Wood, by the way, who said really? that this was the worst audition he ever had. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yep, I really like the kids. It really comes across the most when they're doing the montage through all of the different kids talking about their dads. Yeah. It's so. It's just like slightly, you know, like perverse but also very realistic in the way that they talk about it like they're kids. Mm-hmm. Um, our mom have, says like, our dad's a real sex machine. <laughs> Damn <laughs> yeah, it. Right. But they have all the cliches, and you never see, like, kindergarten, like, cliches, like, thrown out on a screen very often, right? So you have, yeah. like, the twins. You have the Zach kid who's completely disconnected, who um, Kimball tries to relate to and thinks is the kid mm-hmm. of, the, of, of that, but that becomes a, a very short-lived red herring. Um, but yeah, I really, really like the kids. I don't think I would really change them. I feel like they're just another part of what makes this film iconic. And, um, I totally agree with you, Zach. The, I think they're great for one-liners and, um, even with that girl in the overalls, um, saying like, she's like, okay. And then like, ran away. that's like, that's like the best you can get out of them. Like by yeah. that point, you cannot get. That was it for her. Like you cannot show her anymore. Yeah. Like that. That, that was. She was pretty tired. Much it. <laughs> yeah. She was tired. Yep. She just wanted to be a princess. Yeah. So, good for her. But yeah, I I really I, I you know I think the kids are a very integral part of what makes Arnold so intriguing as well. Um, like Christian mentioned, I feel like the supporting characters also really help Arnold's acting, and it makes him it makes it allows him to be less personable and more expressive um with the exception of him being mad he's very good at being mad and funny at the same time um particularly uh because of his accent but anyway um (laughs) arnold speculates that the film could have grossed an extra 25 million dollars if it was less violent um and (laughs) reitman felt like the violence quote had to be there or the film would just peter out at the end um, do you think that the ending of the film proved or disproved that the background brewing action and crime drama could mesh well with the comedy elements? And is there anything Reitman should have done differently with regard to the two genres? Well, I don't know that that uh, scenes at the end would have any real impact on the grossing of the film because I feel like most audience members don't really know. No. Like, I feel like most of that would be excluded from promotional material anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure why that would have any influence on how much money it makes, but um, I probably agree more with Reitman. I think something has to happen there um, beyond just like a slap in the handcuffs on his wrist and that being that. Um, but at the same time, if we're, if I if I really want to be too critical about a movie that is a comedy first and foremost, I think like the guy just basically goes to the school and saves Arnold the trouble of, of tracking him back down. And if you really look um, seriously at the time Arnold spends at the school, it feels like most of the time the case is not really a priority to him at all. And uh, maybe that's a point in character development, but it's also kind of an issue when, when you're trying to make that the A plot by the end of the movie. 
So, you know, it's it's not perfect, but I agree with Reitman that something had to happen. And I also will, will echo my previous point, which is this is a comedy. And <laughs> I think you need to expect like the, the other pieces around it are very much there to make Arnold as a teacher work, at least from my perspective. I don't think I have an issue with the violence as much as I have an issue with the tone. Uh, I think it, this movie is definitely a comedy, but I do think there are parts of it where it almost feels like it doesn't really know who it's meant to be for. I think there's a great example where there's a scene where Arnold is bonding with the kids and like he's he's playing around in the classroom and it's a funny, lighthearted scene and then there's an abrupt cut to the face of a corpse. And in that moment, it was like, what, what is like, this? What? Because there's scenes where yeah. it's like a grim, dark crime movie and there's scenes where it's this lighthearted comedy with kids and Arnold that you can show to your kids. And I, I do think those two don't mesh especially well. Now, I think you can have gunplay and crime and things like that in a comedy that's okay for kids to go to see. But it's all about how you handle that. And I do think that there's a chance that the weight of some of the more crime-oriented sequences in the film could have turned audience members off or could have had parents say, well, I'm not going to recommend that Suzanne take her kids to see this movie. It was too much for little Timmy. Media. I, I, I do yeah. think there is a chance that maybe some of the darker stuff in the movie turned off parents and younger audiences. Yep. I, I have to agree with Zach. I feel like it definitely is a tonal, it's a tonal issue. And like I said, like once you've made the decision to go with this plot, you're kind of you're kind of screwing yourself <laughs> with you have to explain everything like why like you have so many characters too. you also have the crime boss and his mom like that's a whole nother sub thing that you have to deal with on top of Arnold being at the school with this principal and the the uh, the mom being a teacher at the school with a kid in Arnold's classroom. So you have all of this convolution that you have to deal with in this comedy. And trying to execute it all at once in, in one fell swoop with the conclusion is not going to happen fluidly at all. So then you have to deal with, crap, where am I going to insert the, the thing that's going to uh, make or it's going to indicate that the that crisp is on his way to the school um, we have to show that we we how many other characters we have the only other one we can think of is the one we showed in the very beginning the only one that wasn't enough to testify and she killed herself she od'd because she's a you know druggie or whatever so then you have then you show that and then you show phoebe stressing arnold at the him having fun and like oh everything has to go dark again and then you have like that tonal shift being so aggressive and then by that point you're already running out of runtime and then you basically have to make this locker room duel thing happen um and that's the only way that you can really end the film and by the way i think that but that by itself not considering the events leading up to the fire um were perfectly fine and they do prepare the kids like arnold prepares the kids with you know with the fire drills and things like that so i think that that you know, that went fine. But right after that, it's kind of just like they really, Reitman had to find some way to explain himself out of the situation. Um, but like Christian had said, the the comedy at that point is pretty much over and we're trying to conclude the crime drama, which really is what this was kind of intended to be at, at the beginning in the setup. So um, this kind of sideline off of the main story is really the movie that we were looking for. We weren't really looking for what's going to happen with the main plot. The The main plot is what's happening while Arnold's doing what we like watching him do best, being the teacher. Mm. Um, that is 
you know, that's the core issue with that. So, but otherwise, um, I really like the introduction, um, and I really like the two kind of films, uh, you know, by themselves. Like we, like Zach said, they're both decent. Christian said both decent, so we all agree on that. Um, there are just some points of contention where that's the the transition, and particularly for me, at least, the the final act is very troublesome uh, when it comes to that. But by that point, you've already gotten your fulfillment in the comedy. So, mm-hmm. um. Up at that point, it's just subjective, objective. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, that's pretty much it. That's all I have. So, all right. any other final thoughts before we go on to our bits? Um, I will just say that I final thoughts here. I think the case that Arnold's investigating here is what kind of sabotages the plot. I think this movie could have been a lot more focused and maybe a lot funnier if he had been investigating something within the school rather than mm-hmm. people outside the school and then the school was just his cover. Maybe Arnold has yeah. to go undercover because he's investigating a teacher at the school or something like that. And then mm-hmm. we can have more stuff inside the school. Not just classroom stuff, but maybe Arnold gets involved in staff room gossip. And maybe Arnold <laughs> develops a grudge with the janitor. Something. I think there's mm-hmm. more that you can do with mm-hmm. kindergarten and more that you can do with an elementary school that this movie doesn't really tap into because it's got a have Arnold go outside the school so often to investigate the real case. I think if you put those two things closer together, you'd have a much more cohesive movie. Yep. Okay. I don't have much to add. Three out of five. I had fun. If you like watching movies for fun, I would recommend this to you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to see Arnold be something he's not, because he's, to me, he's barbarian, big boy, Terminator, (laughs) predator man. Um, and, you know, I think that's great. Three and a half out of five. Um, I do like that idea, Zach. I'm going to have to agree with you. I think I think that would make a lot more sense. I think there's a lot more you can get out of a school. Um, and I think one potential problem is relying too much on Arnold's acting ability um, is another thing we kind of touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he does fine in this. I don't think I, – I mean, Terminator is like – his thing like him being stern and straight-faced and not having a lot of expression is with the exception of his actual lines and his script you know um i think he's i think he's a great part for this so if it's exactly what if you read the tagline it's pretty much exactly what you think it is pretty much but um three and a half out of five pretty good okay so yeah do we do week in the review first i I I think we do yeah we we do we're doing week in the review first (laughs) we're doing it live (laughs) i know Okay. Um, do you guys want to start since I know yours are kind of related? All right, fine. I'll go. The Witch. The Witch. The Vavitch. I have seen um, <laughs> twice now, I think. Maybe three times. I don't remember. Um, Zach's pick, I believe. Yeah. Um, maybe it was all three of us. I don't I don't know. It was mostly Zach. But, um, yeah, The Witch is a really grounded um, horror film that surprisingly has a lot of, like, family elements in it that are kind of always relevant and kind of noting the influence of that time period, the 1600s, um, uh, and how that impacts family and like, you know, this pure puritanism and, um, on top of a, the biggest, you know, twist, the whole wrench in the whole thing is the fact there's actually a witch, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, that actually is tormenting them, and it, re- it it causes the family to turn in on themselves. The film is very isolated, um, but very intentional at the same time. And um, every scene, even if there's not much that really happens, um, Anya Taylor Joy particularly makes every scene very, 
stand, standing out. And yes. um, and also the father, I think, was also very yeah. standout. Um, Ralph we're talking Innocent, about his voice. I think. Yeah. Ralph Ineson, yeah. And I think they all, all cast perfectly. I mean, all the other people are kind of just generic family people, and they have some lines, and that's it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a really good movie. I think I give it a four and a half out of five. I really don't have too many complaints about it. Um, it's exactly what it says on the cover. Um, uh, so hopefully you liked the movie poster as much as Zach did. But um, <laughs> four and a half out of five, I highly recommend it. Um, for anybody who's interested, time period is all there, the atmosphere, everything you could expect, and very disturbing. So. Put on your big boy pants. <laughs> Extremely disturbing. Not for Nana, and perhaps not entirely for me, though I still And Nana's found... in it. <laughs> Nana is in it. <laughs> oh, alas. I still found that I mostly enjoyed it. I gave it a 3.5. It is a bit of a slow burn, so if you're impatient yeah. like me, that might uh, be a bit of a problem. But no, it's definitely a great movie. I, however, was much more drawn to Emma. Huzzah! Uh, <laughs> Jane no. Austen adaptation. Um, also starring Anya Taylor-Joy, who is terrific and uh, mischievous, but not diabolical or mean-spirited. And it, that's a difficult thing to, to moderate with a character, I think. Um, oftentimes you're inclined to be like a stereotype bully or like a perfect princess and and the space in between is a lot more interesting than being just one or the other and Anya is terrific at that and there's a lot of uh, really funny moments like I think a lot of people don't expect Jane Austen to be funny when they read her or when they watch an adaptation of her work but she is really funny and really clever and really witty and if you let that happen then you will have more fun with the material so I was really taken aback by how fun it was um it's a romance so of course i enjoyed it i gave it a 4.5 out of 5 which i don't do often i really really enjoyed it i would recommend it to pretty much anyone honestly i think it's very widely enjoyable yeah if you liked clueless (laughs) yes um i i am gonna second both those recommendations i love the witch the witch is a four out of five for me it reminds me of exactly the kind of 60s subdued european horror that i'm a big fan of um, and I will even second a recommendation for Emma. Um, I'm not a big fan of Jane Austen, but Emma is a terrifically made movie. Everything about the production of that movie is is beautiful uh, and really well thought out. And I'm just at mm-hmm. something of a handicap because I hate the story. Um, <laughs> but if you like Jane Austen and you like that kind of time period, you'll you'll surely get something out of it. You'll r- probably get something out of it even if, even if you don't. But um, I agree. On a different note. Uh, as anybody who follows my Twitter will know, um, I have been listening to the solo discographies of all the Beatles uh, for several months now, and I just finished all of uh, John Lennon's albums, um, and I really like John. Uh, this is more of a general John re- retrospective here. I, I really like John's music, even the experimental stuff that he did with Yoko Ono, which I know that Christian is not especially fond of. Um, he's not as playful or as fun as Paul um, but I do think that his music has something really interesting to say a lot of the time, and I like the anguish that it carries. I like that kind of, like, aggressive wailing scream that a lot of his music feels like. Um, if I was to recommend four albums, I would recommend uh, John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band, yes. Imagine, Sometime in New York City, and Double Fantasy. But don't sleep on uh, Two Virgins, the very first one he did with, uh, with uh, Yoko, because I think that's a great experimental album. Check them all out, though. Uh, Mind Games is great, too. The only one I really don't recommend is Life with the Lions. But, you know, check everything out. Check, check it all out. I recommend checking out as much music as you can, experimental or otherwise, in your life. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. 
I, I'll, I'll just have to peep in real quick. I think Uh-oh. everyone owes it to themselves to listen to Imagine the album at least once. Um, I think Plastic Ono Band is his best work, but it is a lot of him screaming and being sad about his dead mom. So, you know, uh, audience warning. But uh, generally, I actually do agree with Zach, um, though I think Walls and Bridges is also really great. Okay. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I think it's time for Mitchell's Munitions Minute then. Maybe it pew, is. Pew, 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 pew. Let's get the timer up then. Okay, Mitchell, you have exactly one minute to discuss Uh-oh. weapons-related interest in Kindergarten Cop. And go. I wasn't ready. Uh, okay, um, the Ithaca. Uh, yeah, the Ithaca. It's like a 37 stakeout. Is a... It's a, uh, uh, it was made, designed by John Browning, who designed a lot of uh, war uh, munitions for the U.S. in World War II. Um, but it was created as, I believe, a Winchester um, competitor um, oh. by Ithaca. Um, and Winchester famously made uh, the Model 1912, which was used in the trenches of World War I. Um, but, it, but the stakeout was used in Vietnam. Um, it was used by security forces. And um, I I believe it was created, yes, it was created for uh, a sporting scene, so it wasn't actually created for the military. Um, in case you can imagine, uh, after World War One is probably the worst time to make a sporting um, weapon at all. Um, but there's a, in, in the movie at the very beginning, uh, John Kimball uses it um, when he says he loves his car. And um, it has a pistol grip, uh, it's nickel-plated, and it's sawed off. So Okay, that's time. Nice. Interesting facts and figures from Mitchell Bardsley. Okay, so I think that takes us to Christian's Magical Cinema Tour. What cinema have you been checking out, Christian? Magical Cinema Tour has come to take Christian away. I've been keeping up with... uh, (laughs) I've been keeping up with Criterion, as you all know. Um, I started watching... Haven't finished yet, but I've started watching Ingmar Bergman's Scenes from a Marriage, which uh, was originally presented as a television thing and then later edited into a theatrical release. And I'm watching the the television version because it came first, and uh, I guess it's what the the auteur intended. So, uh, Hmm. But uh, if you're someone who's working on a really tight schedule, I would definitely recommend you watch the film rather than not watch any of it. Um, I'm two episodes in, and I'm totally hooked. It's it's only been a matter of how much time I've had uh, that I haven't finished, but I'm going to finish as soon as possible. And it follows this this couple, and uh, they're they're seemingly happily married, but they're they're going through different challenges of, of being in a couple. And it's not overwrought at all, even though it's it's a drama and and oftentimes very sad. It feels very natural, and it's what you might expect from from two people who who care very deeply about each other, but. Um, inevitably when you spend a lot of time with someone uh, things will come up and uh difficulties will follow and without giving too much away it feels like maybe like a distant inspiration for marriage story but i think it's a lot more uh comprehensive and long form and just generally more natural than marriage story i think coming from someone who loved that film so i would recommend it to anyone it is of course subtitled and not in english but i think it's it really grabs your attention uh unlike some other old film that i that i uh, give attention to and, and watch from an academic perspective i don't think this requires as much from an audience member but i, I think it's worth your attention nonetheless um and I'd, I'd recommend the television version most but still the film version if you don't have time for the television version nice okay 
Rundown. Yes. I'm ready to run. Yes. Numbers. Things. Things. <laughs> Zach is going to say numbers. <laughs> okay. Edward Zach is welcome the number wang. <laughs> things. He's going to give us things back. Okay. I'm ready. Okay, Mitchell, you're going to start us off in three, two, one, go. Children. One out of five. Getting a manicure. Uh, two out of five. My name is John Kimball, and I love my car. Three out of five. <laughs> Hypoglycemia. Uh, two out of five. Oh, excuse me. I forgot to tell you. This is my ferret. <laughs> Three out of five. <laughs> Taking the gun to school. Uh, two out of five. Turning your back on the ocean. Uh, three out of five. A headache that might be a tumor. Uh, three out of five. Playing a wonderful game called Who is my daddy and what does he do? Four out of five. <laughs> the love doctor. Three out of five. Scatological references. Uh, two out of five. Living in France. Three out of five. Authorite police school. Uh, two out of five. Whistle. Three out of five. There is no bathroom. Four out of five. Tuscan Raider boy. Uh, three out of five. Zach Garrigus says Phoebe's fiance. Three out of five. Wonder Woman 1984 mall. Two out of five. Kimball being from Austria. Uh, three out of five. Oh, oh no. Shut down. <laughs> uh, four out of five. Ivan Reitman's direction. Oh, time, 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 time. Okay. Well, you didn't say that. I, I skipped over Christian. I destroyed Christian's. Uh, oh, so no. what happened Hyper, there? Hypoglycemia on this film? Yes, his partner is hypoglycemia. I was trying to go so she fast. I think oh, I did okay. two in a row. I'm, but... I'm, I'm, I, I made the mistake. Of you did? All of the Arnie impersonation ones were supposed to be allotted to Mitchell, but then one of them was allotted to me, oh. and I panicked. But then oh. Mitchell covered it. Oh, <laughs> Wow, this is crazy. Rundowns yeah. can be run-ups and downs. Speaking of controversy, <laughs> do you want to talk about what we'll be discussing next time, Christian? Oh, oh Lord. I would this, love to, Zach. This I would is going to be so more. bad. <laughs> okay, so today we, we discussed uh, a kindergarten cop. Uh, <laughs> the next time you'll see us, we'll be discussing um, what some might call a security guard, but there's this ongoing discussion in the community about whether they should be called guards or officers. So if you haven't heard about it yet, you will. Um, we'll be discussing Paul Blart Mall Cop, starring Kevin James of 2009 Royalty. It made a decent amount of money in the domestic box office. And I know it's not what many of you might consider cinema, but we're going to try to have some fun with it. I'm, I'm going to go look at <laughs> really my ear and cry. We're really so gonna if you'd like to come hop on a Segway with Cookie Pocket Crew, <laughs> come join us next time. Oh, God. Um, we have to get out of here right now. So <laughs> we're going to, uh, I don't know, get to the car. I don't know. Let's just go. Let's get out of here. The car that you love. Cookie Pocket. This podcast is about film. Signing out. <laughs>